Hello, 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 hello. I'm so happy right now because this is episode 50. Welcome to episode 50 of This Blonde Can Talk About Anything. My name is Melanie with two L's because the spelling of your name doesn't change from one week to the next. And in two, just two episodes, I will have made a year's worth of episodes, which is was my goal. And I'm so excited about it. And I'm very excited about this week's episode. I have another guest for you. Four weeks in a row, you guys have gotten guests, which means you don't have to listen to me ramble, at least not too much. Um, this week I have with me someone who is so talented, so gifted, so interesting, cool, fun, just all the things that you want in a guest happens to be an actor, um, Jasper Cole, who is known as Hollywood's bad guy, who couldn't be nicer, more charming, and more encouraging. Um, we had a little bit of technical difficulties during um, the recording of this podcast, so we actually had to do it. Um, we had to split it up in two sessions. We did it in over the course of two days, which is why you'll hear me say things like yesterday. <laughs> but we really had a meaningful, inspiring, and fun chat. I really enjoyed um, chatting with Jasper. I learned I learned so much from everyone that I talked to. Like I said, I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot about myself. And I say that a lot, but I mean it because I'm so invested in the people that I interview because each and every one of them is part of my little, you know, entertainer artist family. And we all have something to offer each other. And I'm so blessed that these people have chosen to offer life lessons encouragement and just their time uh, to and to me and to share it with me and so that I can also share it with you. Um, you're going to learn a lot about Jasper. You're going to learn about the business. And uh, as always, you're going to hear that Tarantino story again. You're going to hear about Brian Cranston again, and you're going to hear about my grandpa again, because my grandpa matters to me so very much that I talk about him every episode. If you didn't know that, now you know that. So I'm going to zip it <laughs> and cut to my chat with Jasper now. I hope you love it as much as I do. I did do. I had the best time chatting with Jasper and I would do it again every day if I could. Here we go. Hey, Melanie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you virtually as well. I'm actually kind of excited to have you on because you remind me of probably my most favorite character actor in the business, Brad Dourif. Oh, well, thank you. Wow, that's a compliment. <laughs> I love his work. I had Brad on my podcast a year ago. And I asked him because I'm like such a big fan of his work, you know. And he was like, I don't do anything that's non-contractually obligated. And then I was like, I saw you in this and this. And he was like, wait a minute. And you know something other than Chucky. And I was like, yeah, like I, I'm really invested in this. Like I chose this career for a reason. And then I told him about a specific, he did just a, a day player on criminal minds. And I was like, that, that helped me get through grief. And Brad, who is supposed to be like the scariest man is crying. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. And he's just so sweet. And so when I, yeah, I, I, you remind me of Brad and I think Brad is, I don't, I think he's a leading man, but he doesn't get the credit, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I thought you were going to say I, 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 I've not I've never heard Brad. I always get Danny Trejo, which is so hilarious because Danny and I look nothing alike. And um, I love Danny, too. But but it's just hilarious. The other day I was walking at the mall at the Grove and someone was like, Miss hey. <laughs> I was just like, I just go with it now. I just wave at them, you know. 
that something like that happened to me once too. I was filming on Hollywood Boulevard for like a film that I was making and I was standing on the Christina Aguilera star because she's my idol. And this guy was like, can I take a picture with you? And my friend who was, you know, filming it was like, do you even know who she is? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, but I took the picture because I didn't know what else you do. But the reason I say Brad is just because Brad has had such a a long career, Mm -hmm. like, and you see him in so many things and people don't, they yeah. don't know him by name. They know him as, you know, the guy who voices Chucky. Yeah. And so that's why you remind me of, of Brad, because he, you've also had such a long career and it's a very diverse career. Like you play a lot of bad guys, which Brad also constantly played a, a bad guy. Yeah. And Brad told me that playing a bad guy takes so much out of you. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, you know, drama in general takes a lot. Comedy is really fun and easy, Mm -hmm. but I find, yeah, being, uh, especially killing people, you know, fighting (laughs) and stabbing. It's so funny, Melanie, because in real life, Jasper is like nothing with guns, you know. (laughs) As as many times as I have to shoot guns, they have to show me every time again. It's like, dude, how many times have you done this? You know, but it's just like, it's a disconnect. So, um, right. yeah, but it's a well, good escape. Well, I'm an actress too, but I've never had to play anything with, with guns yet. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I just shot a film in upstate New York, um, in June. Uh, it's going to be a really great, scary film, but it's the first time I've been with guns since that whole Alec Baldwin, the rust mm. fiasco. And it, I have to tell you, it was like, wow. I mean, we're talking three different police, you know, people there, the sheriffs, the the safety testing. It was really quite an ordeal, which I used to take it for granted in the past. I, you know, they would hand me a gun and I would just assume everyone looked at it and I really didn't think about it, but now I do. It's heavy. It's, I mean, playing a villain, especially, I have a friend who plays, uh, he's a WWE wrestler oh. and he plays the bad guy all the time but he's actually like the sweetest person you could ever meet in your life so I watch him on tv and all these people are booing him and they're like I hate him and I just laugh because I know that this is a guy who goes home and plays with his daughter and like texting me about you know oh your football team sucks but he doesn't even really (laughs) mean that like so yeah I, I find most of the people who play villains and bad guys are nine times out of 10 are like the sweetest, most friendliest, kindest people you could ever meet. Well, I, I often say I'm, 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 I work with some of the greatest buddies of mine. I find that the character actors are the most supportive of each other. Um, I don't know how it is in the, the leading man category, but um, I do find sometimes on sets, you know, women, actresses get such a bad rap for being divas, but trust me, sometimes I've seen some leading guys put the hair and makeup people through a lot <laughs> through a lot of hoops you know but you know be- you're you're saying this you know character actor but even as a character actor you're only like one job away from being a leading man look at brian cranston this is a exactly. man no one took seriously and yeah. i had the opportunity to actually um met a director who ended up being my mentor and she introduced brian and i we had great conversations and one day I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this because I don't know if I'm pretty enough. And he's like, I was 50, 50. And I was like, 
but I'm getting old. And he was like, yeah, you're like, what, 25? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not going to say, but <laughs> he, uh, and then he, he said to me, I worked for 35 years as like this guy and that guy before anybody knew who I was. And now I'll be watching something that I've seen before. And I'll be like, oh, there you are. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, because you know, even even though Malcolm in the Middle it was really um, Jane's Jane Kaczmarek sort of got all the thunder for that, you know. So it's really like you said, Breaking Bad was what kind of changed things for him. Ironically, because he would have been the last person you would have thought of for that coming he off was. of the sitcom. He yeah. was. He, he was literally. Yeah. He told me that Vince Gillian, um, when he brought Brian in, they were like the goofy guy from Malcolm Middle, no way. And he's like, I just read for it. And the minute he read for it, they were like, oh, because they, they, they don't they don't give people enough. Any actor, really, you get sort of stuck in this like pigeonhole. Like for me, I play a lot of dumb people because I have yeah. this and I look a certain way. And I was talking to your friend uh, who you did uh, A Miracle Before Christmas with, um, Lazare Elizon. Mm, and yeah. he was, he's amazing. I love him. Yeah. And he was like, you have such a unique look that you could play pretty much anything. And he's just, it was really a confidence boost because when you play the same thing all the time, you sort of start to wonder, you know. And um, so I know actually that you produced with him on a couple of films. I did. And, you know, and you that's acted. an example where he gave me a role in uh, in the Christmas, the Christmas film playing sort of a out of I, I play sort of a Elon Musk. You know, he's he's not he's still not a nice guy, but I wore the suit and the hair back. You know, it was a different kind of look for me. So there's yeah. an example. But I was also producing it, didn't have to audition. But um, otherwise, yeah, it's here's what I say. I'm, it took me years to get on that list, to get on a list of any kind. So for TV in particular, I'm grateful to be on the list. But it is nice when I can sort of, because I come from the theater and I come from the comedy world. I thought, honestly, I thought it was going to be a sitcom star when I moved here 37, <laughs> 35 years ago. It's like to think that I do this kind of role now is anyone that knows me cracks up because they're like <laughs> Jasper it was really all about I my look just changed when I turned 40 around 40 you don't even look 40 to be honest like well I'm 58 like you don't look it <laughs> well thank you thank you but it just yeah it changed and I kind of leaned into it and went with it and got started playing the bad guy stuff but but um yeah it's you know I I don't really have a great plan. I learned to just say yes to everything pretty well, <laughs> almost everything. Um, but yeah, I think that I tell young actors too, you know, work just begets work. And so we just never know a connection you make today. It could be five years from now. Right. Or, you know, how that is. It, we just don't know when it's going to come back around. Yeah, no, that's that's so true because Quentin Tarantino on this day that I was willing to so ready to quit this like guy that what are the odds? I wasn't there, looking for him. And he there are no accidents. Me. I don't believe I believe that that's a perfect example of first of all, wait a minute. Your agent said you're too fat to be blonde. Yeah, to have this blonde that I had and I didn't want to get rid of it because it was like the thing that that I liked about myself. 
And Quentin was like, why would you change the thing that makes you stick out? Why would you ever? And then I was like, I'm trying to lose weight. And he was like, if you no. want to lose weight, that's great, but don't do it for this business. I, I've been blessed. I know I've known Chrissy Metz for years. And Chrissy's an example of if Chrissy Metz from This Is Us, if she had not looked like she looked, she would not have booked This Is Us. So right. you know what I'm saying? Like, so the very thing that I'm sh- that I know she was told forever you're never going to quote, get a job because you look like this It's what got her the job. So you actually worked with like, I don't know if you had to audition. Do you have to audition when you did uh, rookie blue and American horror story? Um, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So you I auditioned to... for Robert Ulrich. Oh, many, many times I've, I've, I've worked <laughs> for them. Oh, or Dawson Kreitzer. I love Robert Ulrich. The Love best. him. He gave uh, one of my friends, Corey Monteith from Glee, like his start. And a few years after Corey passed away, I had been invited to this premiere in LA for a film uh, that he produced with like Jenner as the star, who is my friend. And I flew from Toronto to Chicago with a layover that I missed because we were the, 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 the stuck on the tarmac so oh. I like ran through the Chicago airport I was going to be late I did my makeup in the car I looked horrible but I wanted to be there because I knew that if Corey was alive he would have went to to uh, support his co-star and out of absolutely nowhere Robert comes up to me and he's like you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen and then ever since then we've been friends like I'm I, when he's like whenever you're around come and come and see me let's hang out whatever like he's such a good like he's a well, great casting director. What his, I love about him, his wife Kim. Kim, I love Kim. Also a, I used, I grew up. I watched her on As the World Passions. Turns, and then fr- my friend Rodney was on Passions forever. So I would go to <laughs> Passions. I'd go over to the set to visit him. She's, she, you know, for years I didn't even put the two to, like I didn't even realize she was Robert's wife, and <laughs> I can't even remember. I think I went into audition for him one day, and I saw her picture. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> and then small world. I was working on a film and one of the young PAs, which is, you know, the hardest job in the yeah. world, yeah. happened to be their kid, their son. Um, Cooper. Yeah. Cooper, and he yeah. Was, you know, it's just such a small random world. And he was like doing this PA job. And I thought, wow, and we talked about his parents. So, well, Robert's a good one to have in your corner. Cooper uh, has a wife, uh, Paulina Lagudi Alrich. She's also a director and she's friggin' amazing. Like I'm always blown away by her too. Like this whole family is so talented, but yeah, Robert, that's something I love about Robert. He fights for people. Like he yeah. will really like Corey, for example, he told me that when he saw Corey, he knew that this was the guy, but yeah. the rest of them were going, but he's not a good singer and he can't dance. And he was like, but we can teach him that. We can't teach those other guys who can sing and dance to have this like vulnerability and innocence. Like that was just who Corey was. So yeah, it it was meeting Robert meant so much to me because of, and then, yeah, he's, he's just been so great. Kim, I didn't actually recognize, which is weird because I loved her when she was on Passions. Right. And she's talking to me and I have this like big fake hair on and she's like, you remind me of a Dolly Parton. And I was like, oh no, are you trying to say that I look like the town tramp or something? And she was like, no, oh my God, no. And then I realized who she was like after, and I messaged Robert and I was like, I'm freaking out. Like your wife was <laughs> someone that I idolized. Yeah. So it's actually, yeah, it's a, it, this industry is very, um, I don't want to say incestuous, but it is incestuous. Cause again, you also worked on everybody hates Chris. 
Oh, one of my favorite jobs ever. I had Michelle Lewis on here who did like all the makeup for. Oh, God. Yes. Wow. And she was also telling me that that was one of her favorite shows to have worked on. The, you know, it, it, it always start. It starts at number one on the call sheet, Terry Crews, the whole it just it all starts at the top. And, and that was a set that everybody just got along with. They were having fun. There was no. I mean, if there was drama, I never saw it. It didn't fade. It didn't get into my little bubble. <laughs> and um, I just, yeah, it is a small, it's a very, you know, Canada, there's a very Toronto, LA small world connection also. There's so many back and forth actors coming back and forth as well. Well, yeah, because I was talking to Tom Bergeron who was Another my very nice first guest on this show ever, which is so funny because when I went, when I met him, I, I, had, I had gone to Dancing with the Stars at the time I was working for Tommy Chong and Tommy had brought me to the show. <laughs> and I don't know why, like I had already met Tarantino and all this and Tom, and I went, oh my God, it's you. And he went, it's you. And he just, <laughs> just kept walking. And then I messaged him and he was like, no, I knew that you were just kind of like deer in the headlights. And so he came on here the first time, the first, my first guest ever. And he was starts talking to me. He was like, do you know this one and this one and this one? These are my friends. They work in Toronto. And I was like, I don't know them, but I know their work and I know them by reputation. So yeah, there's a lot of. Do you remember that? The, do you remember that show he did with Lori Gelman? That, that morning show, you know, Gelman on Regis. Yes. I keep saying Regis. But that, that's the first time I, I know he's probably was known in Canada. But that's the first time I knew of him is that morning show they did. It was really a good show. I, they shot it, I think, in New York. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really remember because I think it predates me. But the yeah. guy who used to produce my show, he like talked about an experience that he went and uh, Tom was a diva and wouldn't sign for him or something. Oh, really? And Tom was like, no, I'm not that guy. Like, I'll sign for anybody. Like, I love yeah, people. I, Tom was one of the first that started talking a lot about meditation. You know, yes. he's a big, I don't know if it's transcendental, but he's a big meditation person because he, he had a lot of anxiety. Book. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if you know this about Tom, but like me and Tom are kind of similar because when I wanted to reach out to somebody, like, let's say I'm a big fan of, you know, Tom Brady, who in the right mind thinks they have the right to reach out to this person. <laughs> but I did. And all my friends were like, it's not going to happen. You're not going <laughs> to going to get a response and one of my friends is a huge patriots fan he's older than me and he's like i've been writing him for years <laughs> and i just sent an email to someone that i knew who knew him and then it was my birthday and i got like sign this a whole bunch of stuff from tom and and tom bergeron was like people like us who we we, we don't realize our like we shouldn't do it but we do it and then it works out and he's like i used to call the mpta that the the hf whatever in in, in, in hollywood um, and he goes, I used to call there asking to speak to the the three stooges until one day they put Larry Fine on the phone. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, he took uh, pity on me and gave me all their numbers. And he was 17 years old in Boston. It's like, it's just, I don't It's Yeah. Well, I don't you think I think today with social media, it, it it's you can use that really in a good way to connect to people. And um and just the whole, you know, all the platforms, I think you're, I think a lot of people are more accessible too. And I, I found during COVID, 
because I produce and like I, I found we got so much more soul because people were trapped. Like they they couldn't lie and say, oh, I've got a meeting or I'm on the set. It's like, no, you're not. You're <laughs> you're at home watching, you know, Tiger King with the rest of us. So <laughs> you have to take our meeting. What are you talking about? Yeah. And speaking of since we were talking about Dancing with the Stars, uh, you I saw on your Twitter that you went to see Kinky Boots. Um, I just went Sunday yeah. night. How amazing was Mark? Mark okay, first of all, I, I'm like the only person in the world who has never seen Kinky Boots. Um, I had seen the movie, so I knew a little bit. Well, first of all, Wayne Brady is a, oh, is, yeah. <laughs> is a revelation. I mean, I, Absolutely. I, that was incredible. But Mark Ballas, the same thing. It's like, of course, we know he can dance, but I didn't know he could sing. You know, oh, yeah. I had no clue. Um, Jake, Jake Shears. I mean, it was just Marissa, Jared Winoker. I mean, you know, the whole cast, but Wayne Brady, I think was a true um, a surprise for me because I, I just didn't know he had that in him, you know, to see who knew. I didn't know he could sing like that. I mean, I knew Mark could dance. I just didn't know he could do it in like six inch heels. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's a, gr I mean, that message is in some ways more uh, relevant today than it was like when the movie, I think they did the movie in 2006 or something. Mm -hmm. it, Idris Elba did the movie, which is crazy because you know how hot and handsome he is, right? I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was great. It was really great. And um, I had just listened to Harvey Firestein's audio book and he wrote the book for, you know, he wrote the, the, the book for uh, Kingy Boots. And he says in that chapter that as much as he loved Billy Porter, and we know how great Billy Porter right. is, he always created that Lola character as with a very masculine person, not so much, not so on the nose, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so that's why for him, until he saw Wayne Brady do the show on Broadway, it really never came a lot. I mean, no disrespect to Billy, no. but for him, he just felt like that's the character he had envisioned. Mark this is so funny mark was of course on dancing with the stars for a long time and he actually did the show with uh, amazing actress chelsea kane who i uh many years ago we connected and i was like i'm trying to become an actress and my mom thinks it's stupid and she was like make her get it so when chelsea got on dancing with the stars i ran a fan page for chelsea and mark and ended up being to this day the most successful dancing with the stars fan page <laughs> And then I went to, I was in LA and I saw Mark and I, I told him about it and we just laughed because he was like, I can't believe we finally, like, we talked on the internet so much and now we're like face to face and he was face like, let's face. take some pictures. And like, he was just such an amazing person. So talented. So when you said you went to see Mark, I was so excited because I just think hey, the more people that are exposed to his talent, like yeah. he's just, but again, he's, you know, like, I can't sing a note. So I'm very like in <laughs> awe of. I mean, I'm just doing a play is hard enough, but when when I watch a musical and I'm thinking you're you're dancing, you're singing, you're doing dialogue, you're you're running all over the stage, and they're doing eight shows a week. I I don't know how people do it. I mean, I'm I'm very envious of singers. I I can't. I'm tone deaf. So. <laughs> well, Brian Cranston had to sing for Network, and Brian is not a singer. I mean, he made it work. Somebody else like that, who I love, who is considered a character actor, John Goodman. Oh, wow. Yeah. When he sings, it's not great, but I'm like, I'm but he's like, in character. I love it. I just, I love him. I think, 
I don't understand how he's not recognized. I know it's because the way he looks, he's not recognized as a leading man, but that guy can outact a lot of well, people who have won best act. You know, a lot of a lot of younger people don't realize if you go back pre-Roseanne, I mean the first I've seen movie, all of his work. You know, he was in huge, really huge movies and like Raising the, Arizona. Was the go-to, the big easy. I mean, he was like the go-to sidekick guy. He just oh really... King Ralph. He was so great in King Ralph. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but isn't that interesting? That's what TV does, right? Like you can do all this film and then one tv show people think they discovered you in it and now unfortunately i mean like this film the you know fall that's coming out the fact that it's actually coming in into a theater is even bizarre because that never you happened shot that during covid too oh that was my very i mean we're talking the we did the first shoot in 2020 so like august when we didn't have testing i don't think we had testing no we didn't have testing yet um, I have it now. Yeah. I have COVID now, but oh, not as bad. I, I was, no, I knew I was going to ask you because we had to reschedule. And yeah. I was going to ask you how you're feeling. Better, like not 100%, but enough to like, you know, <laughs> talk. You, and Well, you look great. That's all that Thank matters. you. <laughs> Especially since Did I'm you, like- Were you vaxxed and all that? Yeah. yeah. And boosted. Yeah. But my <laughs> when I got vaxxed, I don't know what happened. My arm was like the it's the size of like a grapefruit for about four days. So I don't know oh. if this terrible. That's not good. No. <laughs> well, I mean, knock wood. I I haven't gotten it, but I mean, every I've been around it. I mean, I don't you know I don't know. I think it's one of the few. I'm usually that person that gets everything and yeah. every side effect <laughs> of every medication. So. I was thinking, well, if this is my one time I'm not getting something, I'll, I'll take it, you know. Fall is coming out August, yeah? Yeah, August 12th. And it, it really is, it was the perfect kind of pandemic movie because there's really only five or six actors in the whole movie. And um, Grace and Virginia, the two leads, they really do carry the entire film. I mean, they are they are up on this tower. I mean, you should see, I mean what it was i am gonna see it (laughs) they're way up they're way up there and uh what they did in this film is incredible i you know i haven't seen it i've only seen just the trailer like everybody else um i didn't have to do loop sometimes you have if you have to do looping you can go in at least see some of the movie but i did my it's funny i did my looping i did my looping over the phone in a hotel room because i was shooting something and I don't know how it turned out, but you know, <laughs> uh, anyway, but I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see it all put together because um, it's really a fascinating concept that Scott, the director really picked the perfect script for COVID because limited actors, a smaller crew, you know, outside, the whole shoot was outside. So you didn't have to worry about that so much. And, uh, and then we shot again, we did pickup shots 2021 so this has been a two-year full two-year process did you have like a significant role in it yeah I mean I play I play a care it's very hard to it's the kind of movie it's hard to talk about the character without giving the whole thing away but basically I'm involved with with my dog (laughs) oh yeah I know the character name (laughs) Yeah, I'm involved with a dog that is that comes upon this a situation and is there to help. Um, 
supposedly, uh, <laughs> or you hope, they're hoping, <laughs> somebody's hoping for some help. And uh, I don't know if I help them or not. We'll have to wait and see. But see. yeah, but um, most of my interaction was with the dog and then another a partner and, and then a little bit with the, um, the two leads. So I would call this a cameo, but a, an important cameo to the, to the story. Well, I'm excited to see it. I mean, I love like Lazrael was on here. He was talking about his film that he did unknown. And I was like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to tell all my friends to watch it. And I'm pretty sure he didn't think I was actually going to tell my friends to watch it. And I'm like on my phone texting my friend and my one friend, the one that's in WWE, he actually took a picture of the screen and he's like, is it this one? Cause he wanted to make sure. And I sent it to him and he was like, people always say, I'm going to share it. And then they don't. And I was like, yeah, but the thing is, it's like, for me, I feel like every single person in this industry, whether I've met them or not, is like a family member to me. Like, like when someone dies, who's like, you know, significant, I feel it because I feel like I've lost one of my friends. Like you, you watch, you watch film or you watch television and you fall in love with these people through the care because you see yourself in them and it's weird because you will see yourself in somebody that other people would never think that you would see yourself and like for me it's like Robert De Niro I once went on a marathon of just watching Robert De Niro movies and then I showed up to acting class trying to talk like him and my teacher was like what is this <laughs> you're like I'm method no well I kind of actually this is a funny story I kind of am method because when I, when I was a kid, first movie I ever saw was Wizard of Oz, my grandpa's favorite movie. And Same here. Oh, wow. <laughs> my first grandpa is my hero. Like this man for four years, he was every tin man, every whatever I needed him to be. And I was one day I was like, we need an oil can. And he's like, hey, let's go. We're going to get it. And my grandma was like, I have an oil can in my sewing machine. And I was like, no, it's not the right oil can. So he took me to the store and he got... And we, for four years, this went on and I went to school with the red shoes and I was not responding to any names except for Dorothy. So I I always feel like he knew, like he didn't live to see what I would do, but he knew who I would be before I did. And that's kind of beautiful. And he's kind of like the reason for everything that I do. I love my grandpa so much and he died when I was 10. Um, but if he was alive to see what I'm doing now, I think he'd be the only one that wasn't shocked because my mom and my, my grandma and my dad, they were like, wait a minute. Like, she's not like, we have to tell her. And he was like, no, leave her alone. Like I believed in Santa Claus till I was 10 because he believed it. If he believed it, I would believe it. And so that's like a whole conversation that I had with Brian. He was like, your problem is he's not here to believe in you. So you're having trouble believing in you. But right. he still believes in you. He's just, you can't see it. And yeah. I'm like, you're right. So I'm trying to write a movie about him. And I want everyone to see like my grandpa who showed me my first movie, who gave me this gift of, or curse, if you will, of wanting to be in the movies. Um, and there's no, daycare there's no cure for it, by the way. It's exactly, it's a disease. It's a disease and there's no, there's no cure shot for that one, so. But it's a beautiful disease. Like that movie, The Wizard of Oz, when I watch it now as an older person, I think he showed me that so young because he wanted me to understand that everything that I need, it's all here. I don't need yeah. to go looking for it. But when you're a kid, you don't think that. You just, mm-hmm. oh, wow, look at all the pretty colors. Right. 
Do you have an actor who you look at that's like the person that you would say is the person who made you really want to be an actor? Well, when I was younger, I mean, going back to like older actors, it was it was Montgomery Cliff, you know, that, who's an older, but Daniel mm-hmm. Day-Lewis was always my like um, more contemporary, I mean, co- more recent actor. He's retired now, but that was I one know. that I, but really I, in 1998, I got to work with Sam Elliott and um, I just learned, he became like a real mentor to me. And that's the person I really looked at his career. And now it's like Jeff Bridges. I look at these guys like that. I want to, I want to age into the, well, I'm, I'm not far off, but I want to kind of age into those kind of roles. Um, you know, I want that. I want my hair to go silver, but it, it, it won't go there just to, so they keep dying it, you know, but then I have this, all this white stuff, but no, I like, um, those are, yeah, those are probably my, my favorites. There's so many great young actors today also like this, Andrew Garfield. this kid playing Elvis. Oh, Austin Butler. I mean, I know he comes from Nickelodeon or Disney or Disney, something. Disney, I think, yeah. But what, talk about a revelation. You know, I love when I see that kind of performance and you just know his whole life is going to change. The, the person for me who, I, like, that's young or youngish, is like when I watch Andrew Garfield, I'm like, how? <laughs> yes. No, no. This year, especially, like, having TikTok and then Eyes of Tammy Faye in the same year. Um, and I'm not Lucas a musical Hedges. person. Like, I don't generally love people break out into song but uh, <laughs> TikTok boom was I thought he was brilliant in that but that that came from I've seen him talk about it in interviews his mom passed away and so a lot of the the pain was very real um another young actor who was a friend of mine now but when I first met him was uh, Lucas Hedges and the first oh, thing yeah. I said to Lucas was you are the next Marlon Brando and he went oh stop you're so sweet and I was like no I mean it like yeah, was he is he in the movie was he in the movie with uh, uh, Michelle Williams um, with Casey yes yeah, Manchester yeah. by the sea what yeah. a I just yeah I love Lucas yeah. wonderful no, actor even great. better human he's- yeah, that whole that generation. There's so many great young actors, and they 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 seem to just be so accepting of everything. Everything. I'm like yeah. that too. My favorite actor, like all time, and people always look at me strangely when I say it. Marlon Brando. Oh well. And that's... there was never, at least I thought there was never a chance that I could ever get close enough to know more anything about Marlon more than what was out there. Turns out my mentor is married to Aaliyah Kazan's son. And when I found that out, um, I didn't want to ask questions. So he came to me and he was like, I know that you love him. So let me tell you some stories. And then he sends me an email and he goes, never tell those stories to anyone because I've never told them to anyone, not even my wife. And I was like, (laughs) really? And he's like, that was Moreland coming through and like wanting you to know that, yes, he was a deeply flawed human being who just meant well, who was hurting, whose nobody would envy his pain, but he was, he meant well. And I was like, oh, this is so, I actually have Marlon's autograph in the bottom of a box and like wrapped up so it can't, the pen can't fade. Wow. And I had it engraved on a necklace. And so when I'm having a day, when I'm like, should I quit? I always, because he, I I don't, he revolutionized this business for all of us. And so I loved him. And for modern, I love Johnny Depp, which I was just going to say, it's interesting. I did not follow the trial at all. So when I say this, 
but but the little bit of the clips I saw, I couldn't help but thinking he reminded me of Marlon, not not as not as far eccentric yet as Marlon went. But when you a lot of people don't realize Marlon was the hot heartthrob back in the day, you know, the way Johnny was and still is to some people. But there was just a set, there was a moment I was watching a clip and I thought, wow, he does have that angst of sort of like that Marlon Brando thing that he re- he's starting to even look like him a little bit. They worked together twice. Yes, I remember that. And he talked about Marlon and he said, I worshiped the ground he walked on and I still yeah. do. And I was like, that's, it's, be- it's beautiful in its way. And yes, Marlon was very eccentric, but again, I think a well-meaning person. And what I love about Johnny is that I used to watch his movies all the time. And for years, I didn't actually know what his real voice was because it was always different. Because it was always different accents. Yeah. I actually seen you in a film that probably not a lot of people, I have it on DVD. A lot of people don't have, have never heard of it. TKO. With oh, the, the boxing, the, with uh, Diana the homeless guy. I was Cyrus. <laughs> I forgot who I played. This homeless guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That was, a yeah, that was uh, Declan... Declan Mulvey was the director. Mm-hmm. You know, the first, the funny thing about that is that wonderful young actress who went on to Glee. Diana Agron. That's the first time I, and she's, I'm from Georgia and she had lived in Georgia. We had this great connection. She's and, wonderful. Um, and I feel like the next year she exploded on, um, on Glee or whatever. Yeah. She played Corey's girlfriend on Glee. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah, a, that's the example. You get this too, you know, every project you work on, it seems like I work on, I, I meet somebody great. I meet, I meet a lot of great people on projects, but it's always about that interaction. And this is what I'll say to young people all the time. Now, I don't want to be that old, get off my lawn guy, but I, I, (laughs) when I look back, I just wish I had been a lot more present and in the moment when things were happening, because I was always like, I got to get to the next job and the next thing. And I didn't enjoy the journey as much. And so I, I regret that. And I try now to just be really present when I'm working. I used to really, you know, until I started, actually this show helped me a lot talking to people like you and other actors. I was in a place where I sort of, I had this acting teacher who said to me, you know, I don't like your hair. And, and every week it was, I don't like your hair. Stop wearing earrings. I don't like your high heels. And I started to stop wearing those things and losing myself. And then I realized, how can I be an actor without being honest with who I am? Exactly. That's what it's all about. And, and like Brad Dourif, I, again, I don't mean to bring him up. He had a oh, great friend. Talk about uh, Brad all day long. <laughs> he had this great friend, Conchata Farrell. Oh, love her. Yeah, she was his roommate and she's the one who pushed him into acting. He wasn't gonna do it. He was like, well, I'm just wasting my time. And we were talking and he's like, Chatty didn't care what anyone thought about her. And you have the same thing. And I wouldn't worry about anything. You can do this. And he was like, the more people see you, it's going to be very hard for them to ignore you because you're very passionate about it. And you have a very distinct look. So as long as you're working on your talent, then you will work. And that's now I, I've seen that acting teacher in the shopping mall once. And I like, I went the other way and my mom went up to her and she told her about the Quentin Tarantino thing. And like she acted like my mom should be acting for asking for her autograph. And my mom was just like, you shouldn't tell people that they can't because you don't because you didn't, you know, level up doesn't mean that other people won't like somebody like you. You've been in like 100 and 
I don't know, so a hundred and something productions, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. okay, That's what well, it says. Yeah. I mean, uncredited to me is still work. Oh, no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I just, yeah, I've been around a long time. But yeah, I have, I have been a long, yeah, I've got a lot of credits. Yeah, you were saying yesterday before it cut off that when people ask you about shows that you did in the 90s, it's not that you forgot about them, but I guess they're not so fresh to memory. Um, but you were on like Safe by the Bell and Married with Children, uh, Baywatch, Clueless. I watched all these shows. Some of the, they was, it was great. I mean, looking back, I was really lucky. Um, yeah, I was really lucky. And I, I, you know, I learned a lot. And um, I just, again, you know, that's where I see, that's where I thought, I thought it was going to be the sitcom star. And I keep going, I want to tell people, just keep saying yes and doing the jobs. You don't know where you break it. There's going to be many breaks along the way. Hopefully not a breakdown. <laughs> and you've done commercials as well, right? Yeah, commercials used to be really my my bread and butter. Um, they all really changed. The last couple of years, they became non-union mostly. Um, and the, the money is not the same. I so, know. I mean, I would still do some of them but i i was fortunate to work during the days of you could get like one national commercial and really do well for the year on the residuals yeah uh mandy patinkin did like a kellogg's commercial i think it was i can't remember i wasn't around when he did it he just I, he told me about it and he was telling me like he still remembers the song and everything and it's still in his head because they ran it and ran it like constantly but yeah. he was saying now Back then, it was like you started in commercials and you thought, oh, I made it. And he was like, now it, you made it when they pay you to do a commercial. Like, right. When you're like the spokesperson. Mm -hmm. for, yeah. 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 But for like the middle class actor, middleman journey actors, you know, because we have to I don't know if people understand to get our health insurance and our pension, we have to qualify. We have to, you have to earn so much money every year to even get your health insurance. So people have said to me over the years. Well, Jasper, you just do every any and every role. And I'm like, yeah, because I have to earn my health insurance and my pension. Thank God for a pension down the line. But, you know, like everything in this country, that's being whittled away. You know, there's they raise the um, earnings amount and they take the producers pay less into it. So, you know, it, in our country right now, it's the have and the have nots. You know, and in show business right now, it is Marvel blockbusters and scale plus 10 for the rest of us. And you just, and I tell actors, if you're okay, knowing what that's going to be like, it's fine. But just know, if I don't take a job, then Scott Bayo has, is waiting in the wings to do it for the same amount of money. You know, I'm just making that name. Yeah, up. yeah. But you know what I mean? It's it's kind of a take it or leave it kind of business right now for, for the, the, the middle-class actors. I mean, that's similar to something Brad told me about his daughter, Fiona, also great actress. Um, he told me when literally in these words, when Fiona was born, I looked at my daughter and I said, Oh, I'm a whore. And I have to take every job now. Money whore. That's what I call myself. <laughs> See, that's so great. Money whore. But then, you know, I said to someone the other day, if the day ever comes where 
I'm not excited to go to work or I'm not grateful, that's when I have to get out because nobody wants to be around that energy on a set, you know, where people are just bitter. And I don't know, I think like I'm not as excited about a lot of the stuff around the work, but between action and cut, I still get excited. I still get that. You know what I mean? You get that feeling. Yeah, yeah. it's Marlon Brando famously said that um, being miserable on a film set was better than being miserable anywhere else because there's always somebody else there that would be willing to be like sit with you in your misery and sort of try to and everybody we all have I feel like we all come from a place of pain there's there's some there's some sort of pain there that makes us want to create and you know bring either comfort or joy or something to the viewer Right. So when we're when we're when we're working together, we will all have different pains, but we can sort of resonate with each other. And that's such a yeah. why I want to I love this business so much. Well, you know, film sets and TV sets are really like little um, summer yeah. camps. You know, yeah. it's like you all get together and you promise you're going to stay in touch. And sometimes you do. But <laughs> um, the the really happy people on a set are the crew members. If actors could some somehow be as grateful as those that are working a lot harder than we are <laughs> you know the crew members it's rare if you find like a an angry crew person is I that went. the toronto film festival yeah i go to the i like to go to the film festival just to yeah. not always i don't i won't go like i know people who will stand there all day just to see someone i don't do that i'll go if there's somebody there that i know doesn't have a whole bunch of fans because they're you know older yeah and I want to thank them for what they've what they've done for me like with Mandy and it, I always every single person that I've met that I've went to meet um was ended up being somebody that I called a friend the only person that I never met but stood there just to look at uh was Robert Duvall <laughs> like I couldn't help myself oh you didn't didn't meet him um, well, you would you sign for people when he got on the carpet and he came an hour early and was ready to sign for everyone? And somebody said, "We want real movie stars, not this grandpa." He dropped the pen and he went like this. <laughs> who, said, who said that? Some fan well, screamed it out. Oh, I thought you meant one of the camera guys. No, but... no, some fan yelled that to Robert Duvall, and then he was not interested in signing anymore. Oh, and he's man. like ninety, so have some respect. That's terrible. Yeah. God bless him. I love, I love the older actors because they, they have to rely on talent. Like all my friends are like, let's go watch something blow up. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to watch on the waterfront. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So you're an old, I told you, you're you're an old soul and a young body. You worked on Westworld, right? I did. Did you work with Evan Rachel Wood at all? No, but ironically, Evan at the same time was living right across the street from me. She was renting a house temporarily with her kid um and LA is such LA is terrible because you nobody talks to their neighbor it's just a ridiculous thing but um I only knew she lived across because we have the same painter it's such an LA thing but we're (laughs) but we were there together and I was telling her you know I live across the street from you and um she ended up she wanted to buy the house she was renting it but no I um I didn't get to work with her I love I love her. Me um, too. <laughs> yeah, she's another one that's child actor who survived and had a lot of 
she's got a good head on her shoulders though because i actually met her because she came to toronto to do a question and answer and a friend of mine was like this big fan of hers and for some reason my friends know that if they bring me they have a better chance of meeting their actor i don't know why and she wanted to meet evan and i was like okay i'll I'll go with you and she did this q a and she was really talking about like everything she was saying was everything that I think. And I was just like, wow, I was mesmerized by her. And she wasn't going to stay to meet anybody. And I was like, you worked with Robin Swicord. And she was like, who knows Robin Swicord? And I was like, <laughs> I do. And then she came over and then so my friend got to meet her. But my friend was pushing and she was like, what's your kid's name? And she was like, that's private. And I was like, stop asking. Like I told her, I said, don't disrespect her like that. She's giving you her time. Don't, don't ask for more than than what you're being given. And she was like, I appreciate you so much. And then I didn't want to take a picture because I'm not that person. And Evan Rachel was like, come here, I'm going to take a picture with you. And I was like, okay, like she was so sweet. I'm not going to say no when you're asking, but I'm not the type who's going to go up to you and go, can I have just like another thing at the film festival? I have this friend, he's older than me. I look like a little kid. So he takes me with him to get people it's harder for people to say no to somebody who looks like me than it is for like a 45 year old man and jonah hill was here for his film uh, mid 90s which was mm-hmm. a great film i loved it and he was i w- it was me and this guy that i knew and all these guys who sell autographs and oh. i watched jonah for like a solid five minutes talking to his friend and i could see him wrestling with his conscience thinking do I go over there and sign for all these men or, and, and just to make the, the, her happy? Or do I disappoint this person and just walk by? And what he did is he ended up coming over and scribbling on their, all their pictures on his own face. And then he came to me and I had something for him to sign just because otherwise it would have looked bad. And he signed it. And then I said, thank you. And he looked up at me and he went, thank you. And I was like, yeah. And then I liked something on his social media. And he, he was like, I remember you from this place and this time and like the exact location. And that like you get more bees by attracting people because you actually care about them and you actually appreciate them than you do yeah. by yelling and screaming because you want to sell their signature online. Like if you want to make money, get a job. That's not how you right. make money. Right. No, absolutely. It's a big business. Have you had people like harassing you for autographs yet? I'm sure there have been. Well, I, I don't consider it harassment. You know, I, I, I'm pretty open. I, I have a weird situation this week in LA. There's a, this guy, it, I don't even want to put it out there. there. The first time ever I've sort of had this stalker situation with <laughs> someone who, sh- you know, the scary thing is people can find your addresses everywhere now. Oh, I it's, know. Public record. Yeah, and and yeah, it went on for a few minutes, and then he tried to follow me around. And it's weird because you can't you can't let your guard down with people because you, I mean, you just never know. In one quick moment, somebody can have a gun or a knife. Or I get a lot of this stuff like people think I'm this tough bad guy, so they sometimes want to like provoke me or see if they if I'm that character so but the moment they meet me they see I'm not really that guy but I disarm them but there's a lot of the biker guys or the big you know burly guys would be like hey man because I'm I'm very I'm small I'm only like five seven five seven five eight Um, (laughs) so I think people are surprised when I'm when they see me in person because I'm shorter but anyway I've been lucky no I don't really 
get harassed that much. It's lucky for you <laughs> because you, it's a, it's kind of shocking because like MacGruber is super, everyone knows it. And you were like in that quite a bit with Val Kilmer. Was it, yeah, what was it MacGruber, like working with him? MacGruber took on a whole life of, it's been a great little, um, you know, it didn't do great when it opened, but it got this cult following. Like Big Lebowski. To, yeah, I mean, it allows me to do all the, a lot of the Comic-Cons and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed the diehard fans of certain things you do. We do certain things and you don't even think about it, but they live on and, you know, and so MacGruber was a big game changer for me. It really uh, took me to another level of like for a couple of years after that, I was meeting, I was going in for the Coen brothers and some really much bigger projects. Um, the same guys who plucked John Goodman. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just is interesting how just being in that studio picture. Um, and I was a huge Saturday Night Live fan. So I know going back to the comedy um, and it was the summer. It was literally right before Bridesmaids. So, you know, Kristen had not blown up yet. And um, but she's amazing. Was, oh, she was. We were all in the same hotel, of course. And one day we got in the elevator together and she said, and these two women got on and they were like in all the Santa Fe Indian Aztec jewelry, you know, and the whole thing. And she, they got off and she said, you know, I'm dying to do this character where this woman is so much into that kind of stuff. And I swear the next season, she only did it once <laughs> on the show because I guess it didn't really take off, but I was watching it and I said to Dennis, I go, oh my God, that's the character she tried to do, but she got her inspiration in the, uh, the elevator that day. And I could see her, her mind was that she's constantly you know, looking, but like a lot of people, very shy, you know, as, as herself, like didn't like the spotlight or the attention unless she's playing a character. Yeah. I think that's why when I go in public, I'm just a character all the time. And then people are like, oh, well you get so much attention. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not trying. Like I'm just being me. And if people want to look at me and judge me for being a certain way, that's their fault. Like, it's not my fault if you think that I'm weird because I have blonde hair and I'm wearing red pleather boots. Like, my grandma was 59 when she died. And this woman was wearing like six. She had cancer for seven years. She was wearing six inch high heel shoes. She refused to die without lipstick on. Like, when you come from that, you can't help it. That's who you that's my first like female influence my grandmother and my mom yeah. so I wanted to be that and so I uh, I became that I tried not to but it is what it is don't let don't let people dim your light you know yeah I did that's for a really long time and now well, I'm just of course I mean that's part of being younger you know you you, you, you as you get older you'll something happens at 40 and then by 50, I'm 58. By 50, you really don't give a damn. Like you're just, no, I really, I care about, I mean, the people I really respect and I care about, but you really do like, don't, you don't sweat the, the other people. It's like, whatever. Well, that's why, like, that's why I like engaging with people like you, because if people like you and people like Manny Patinkin are there to say, you can do it. It doesn't matter that somebody who's rank selling a t-shirt at Hot Topic is telling me what I can't do. Like, don't worry right. about me. Don't worry about you it. You be you and don't change anything about yourself. I mean, any physical thing. What? Just know whatever it is that somebody is telling you to change, you go, hmm, that's probably going to be my asset that's going to get 
my given it's obviously obviously it's giving making me stand out to them and maybe they're choosing to make it negative but it's my hair <laughs> what do you what is your do you do you have to bleach your hair yeah it's like three times it's hard to keep it yeah it's every couple of weeks but my mom used to be a hairdresser so she just it's real quick I just yeah. I let it grow if I'm not working yeah. so that my hair stays you know not dry okay. and gross and yeah. I use extensions and all the the you know enhancements that are available to me when I'm um you know but that's, out your, and about. But that's your signature look you know that's your look I mean Christina Aguilera was the first woman that I ever looked at outside of my family and said that's me so <laughs> I met her and she was like, you could be my sister. And I was like, I love you so much. Well, you know, on the acting side, Anna Ferris has sort of rocked that blonde. Love you her. Know, from scary movies and mom and all that. Yeah. I love her on mom. And I love, uh, oh, I can't, her name is escaping me. Allison Janney. Oh, yeah. Amazing. She, she was Kennedy. like a character actor for years. Jamie Presley. I love her too. Gorgeous. You know, and there's an example for actors to understand. You know, Jamie Presley was a huge star on My Name is Earl. She was a leading, like, you know, and, you know, she transitioned into a supporting role. You know, it, there's, that's a perfect example of somebody just doesn't have to be the lead. There it's are no small, small roles, right? Only small actors. Small actors. And, well, <laughs> when you are a physically small actor and you're doing small parts, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm like but, five um, two, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> taken I, up so much of your time, so I don't want to take up too much more of it. But do you have a really bad audition story that we can end this with? <laughs> oh my God, I have so many. I mean, I it would be in chapters, but I'm trying to think. In the more recent, um, okay, yeah. In the more recent years, I went. <laughs> I was in the room at at a producer's callback for Shameless. <laughs> and I start, you know, so which means I've already done it. Before, yeah, right? I know. And so I start the scene and I'm into it. And John Levy, the casting director, was like, um, oh, Jasper, what do you, I'm sorry, what, do, what scene are you doing? And I was like, um, the one I did last <laughs> week. And he goes, oh, well, no, well, you knew we cut that part. Didn't you get the other, <laughs> didn't you get the other scene? And I was like, uh, no and he was like well can you just cold read it and I didn't have glass I mean it was just a <laughs> shit show because you know the pages and the whole thing but it's just that it's just that nightmare we have as actors of like being in the play and you're in the wrong play and you don't know the lines and you're bumping into the walls that was that was that was my worst more recent years um and then self-tapes came along so Oh, my worst ever was like, I went to an audition and they said, okay, we're going to call all the men first. And then she was like, Melanie. And I didn't know if there was some guy named that. And then she said it again and I still didn't get up. But then she said it with my last name. And I was like, oh, and she was like, do you not understand your name? And I was like, but you said you were going to call the men first. So I thought like, if you had said my last name, I would have got up. So I didn't get that job, but that's okay. You're like, well, it could be Melanie or, you know, Melanie or something. Right. But- well, and these days you got to get the pronouns and all that. So you, you, you can't assume anybody's I, not, a, not, I'm a very much, her. I'm a, I'm a girl. I mean, it's very clear that I am. So, yeah. and it's on my resume, my gender is on my resume. So they should have really known. 
Um, it's been really awesome talking to you. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing. I've been retweeting that stuff about fall. Thank you so much. And everyone yeah. can go to jaspercole.com. Everything, yes. Everything's there. All my stuff, my podcast and all that. What's but, your socials? I know uh, oh, Twitter so, is. Yeah, it's pretty much at Jasper Cole says, S-A-Y-S. And then I have Facebook a page and one-on-one with J. Cole page. Um, and it's and me. no Instagram? Yeah, Instagram is at Jasper Cole, S-A-Y-S says. Okay. So that was my chat with Jasper Cole, who I loved talking to. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you learned a lot uh, about Jasper, about the industry, and maybe a little bit more about, you know, Melanie's grandpa. <laughs> um, I have to say hello to my my biggest fan, oldest friend, Bobby, because, you know, if I don't, he's going to give me a phone call and shout and scream in my ear. And I don't want to hear that. I'm so excited that next week is episode 51 of this blonde can talk about anything. Maybe a guest with me may not be, but I do have a pretty exciting announcement to make that I'm super excited about that. You're going to be excited about. I think I'm pretty sure you will be. And I was going to make it this episode, but I've decided to keep it and reveal it only at the end of episode 52. (laughs) So just before we start a whole new year's worth of content, um, I'm going to make an announcement that's exciting to me. And that means the world to me. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me. I love hanging out with you guys. And I love that you guys hang out with me because I'm not, I'm not that cool. No, I'm cool. You're cool. You're cooler than me though. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just really not that cool. I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge nerd for my industry. And I'm proud of that. I'm really proud of to be an actor and to be part of this family. And I'm just, you know, really looking forward to that day when I get to say, hi, I'm Melanie and I'm an actor at the SAG Awards because I am going to do that. This is manifestation and it's going to happen. So yeah, thank you again for tuning in. Got to mention my sponsors, of course, my favorite sponsor of all time, the TB12 method. Of course, they don't know that they're sponsoring me, but every week I got to mention them because I got to get that Tom Brady in there. Um, Please check out my friend, Tom, you know him better as Baron Corbin's Etsy shop. He's got some great stuff, uh, www.etsy.com slash ignorant underscore gentleman. Also, I've had a few of you asking about my cell phone case on um, Instagram. It's a Hello Kitty um, case. You can get that on Etsy too, uh, www.etsy.com slash D-O-L-L-Y-C-A-S-E-S, dolly cases. They're, it's a really cute case. I love it. And so many of you have asked, so I'm mentioning it. Got to mention my sponsors, um, my real sponsors. <laughs> Michael Solberg Family Wines. You can find them on Instagram at Michael Solberg Family Wines. You can also find them on um, michaelsolbergfamilywines.com. I am also wanting to give a shout out to Huxware. So H-U-X-W-E-A-I, camel toe eliminating, um, moisture wicking, underwear for women, great company, uh, women made, great friend of mine, Jen Gauvier. You're going to love her. She's going to be on the show actually soon, soon. We don't know when, but soon. Um, and also Tonica Kombucha. So T-O-N-I-C-A-K-O-M-B-U-C-A. This is unsponsored. Um, I love Tonica. It's amazing. And I want you guys to try it out. It's also women owned and operated and created. So check it out. 
I've had a blast with you guys. If you need, or if you want rather to um, leave me a comment, go ahead and do that at a blonde who talks uh, a B L O N D E W H O T A L K S on Twitter. Um, you can leave me your feedback. You can let me know who you'd like to have on the show. You can ask me questions, whatever you want. I'm there for you. Um, and I'll do my best to get your guests on the show. I'm working really hard at the requests that ha- I've been getting um, over on Instagram and so forth. So hopefully your request will be honored. Um, and I think that's about all I have to say, which is interesting because as you know, I never shut up. <laughs> Um, I will be back next week. I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's show because it's 51 and then you'll get to 52 where I get to make that big announcement that I'm so excited about. Thank you again for tuning in and I will see you next week as promised. Sending you guys all the love and light in the world. As you can see, um, Jasper Cole has loved me in a much better, more inspired mood. And I'm so happy about that. Have a great day week, month, whatever. Thank you for tuning in again. Bye.